Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, a podcast that focuses on what is happening in education today, connecting everyone to the movers and shakers that are breaking boundaries in the education arena. Hello, this is Jamie from Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, and Jerry Kimball, of course, my co-host, is here today. How are you, Jerry? Oh, Jamie, I'm a little bit tired. You know, we've been on a podcast retreat for the last week, but can I just give a shout out? I am such a coffee lover. And on our retreat, I found this coffee company, Badass Coffee. And it's all about the donkeys carrying the beans up the hill. And um, the coffee is wonderful. So I brought some home. I think it's going to get me through. You were on a mission to find that place because you got some great recommendations yes. on it. So you were on a mission and found it. So I'm glad it's doing you good. Yes. So got home in the wee hours of the morning, but I'm ready to go now because I'm super excited about our guest today. Yeah. Well, I'm excited too. I mean, well, first of all, you have gotten me excited. Um, I'm excited mm-hmm. to learn, um, you know, PBL is something near and dear to my heart, which is uh, one of the topics uh, we're talking about today. And um, I mean, I'm a former math and science teacher, so it was the heart of what I did. You have to um, get kids involved in authentic ways in what they're learning. And so I do, and now I do, I actually, uh, the book I wrote was based on it. And I do a lot of uh, workshops where I incorporate it all the time. So I'm really excited to hear about the intersection between PBL and UDL principles. So tell us a little bit about our guest who's going to share the details with us. Absolutely. So it's kind of a fun story. So I met Susan Maynard on Clubhouse, I thought. (laughs) So I called her and I loved what she was talking about on Clubhouse. She was talking about design thinking classes for teachers. I think that's great because I think teachers want to use design thinking, but they want just to know how to do it effectively. And and she's working on that. We're going to hear about that today. So when I called her, she said, you know, Jerry, I looked you up on social media and you've been to my school. And I said, what is your school? And she said, Epic. And Oh, I could hear the music going because Epic is the coolest school I have ever been to. I've been to a lot of schools and Epic is Epic. It is amazing what the kids do here and how the learning goes. It's everything we want to be and you can see it in action. So when we started talking, I was just in awe of the work that Susan has done. And she has been with Epic from the beginning. They just finished their seventh year. And so I, I want to welcome Susan Maynard to the show and ask Susan if you'll tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we'll go into more details. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Jerry and Jamie, for having me today. This is a delight. Thank you so much. Um, Yes, I am Susan Maynard. I am a learning, I have been a learning experience designer for 25 plus years in education. I have taught K through 12. I have also served as a uh, instructional coach and a curriculum consultant and also work with um, schools that are sort of in their journey of redesign. Um, And so that has been, that's been a joy. Um, I 
absolutely am a champion for creativity in everything. And so um, as I've been in the journey, a part of Epic for the last few years, uh, and I'll share a little bit about more of that later, it's just been great to see my deepest passion that every child is a unique individual that can create and think and make impact in the world. And that has been um, part of my journey as an educator for my entire career, but also just having the opportunity to um, be a part of that. I also, I'm a huge uh, proponent of story. I love story. I am a visual storyteller um, and had a chance to teach film and um, to high school. And now I have, I share that, I use those skills with my little people now (laughs) at Epic and teach them how to empower them to create and share visual stories. So uh, yeah, so that's a a little bit about me. Yes, we can't wait to hear your stories today for sure. But I love this term, learning experience designer. Yes. I love that. That's, you know, I think that's what all teachers strive to be. Absolutely. And I think everyone, I I mean, good teachers are learning experience designers. You design a learning experience for different entry points for kids. Um, I also do it for adults. So when I've gone in to do trainings for adults, I think, you know, I use design thinking to actually design experiences. So a lot of times I will have conversations first do my empathy work. You know, what do you need? What do you want? Where, where do you want to go? And then Mm. from that you design kind of that customized professional learning so that, um, you know, teachers and principals and anyone just are on the path that they want to be on for learning. Love that. Can't wait to get into it. Yeah. So, you know, the the design thinking really is the foundation for sure. And now Jerry says you have a waiting list for people to come check out your school. Your school is what grade levels then? Just a little? Okay. Sure. Let me give you just a little background. So EPIC actually stands for every person inspired to create. It is, that's EPIC Elementary. And we were, we are the pilot school for Liberty Public Schools. Um, We were designed to be that, um, that school that is three years ahead, figuring things out, pioneering. Um, We are a one-to-one iPad learning environment. We started out that way. We are also a project-based learning environment. Mm -hmm. So we were designed, we, we literally from the beginning launched our school to be a very dynamic, uh, you know, learning environment to inspire kids to think big and create. And to, we actually have three pillars that guide everything. It's empower creativity, obviously for our, for all of us, anyone involved, um, equip students, which is where sort of our personalized UDL piece comes in, where we want kids to be on their own path of learning and engage communities because real work in community, authentic learning for kids to see that they have a voice and they can make impact is going to empower them to make a better tomorrow. So we, um, we really want our kids when they come to school, I mean, we go back to the question, what is school, right? We want them, their journey to be filled with wonder, with discovery, with, uh, their own reflection to see what they're good at. Um, we, uh, you asked me a question about waiting list. Yes, waiting list. The waiting list really comes from 
uh, visits. We don't have a waiting list for our school per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we have them. We're only designed for 300 students. Our building, it's a K-5 learning environment. Um, We are designed, we're lottery based, and that is because Mm -hmm. we pull from the entire district. Mm -hmm. So we take 5% from every um, local, the other elementary schools. So therefore we have a good um, representation of the Liberty community. Um, that's was again designed from the beginning. So like our principal teachers, no one knows who's coming. Um, we can, you know, people apply now, most of them are just, you know, incoming kindergartners and we try to keep families together and siblings. So the waiting list is, and you know, it's been an interesting year with COVID. We haven't had any outside visitors. (laughs) Um, but yeah, these are more for tours and, and our, our goal from the beginning was, we need to know our story and then we need to share our story, share our journey, um, invite other educators in to see what we're doing. We're on our own journey and we hope that others coming in will be on their journey. But if they take a nugget or two that they can take back to their learning environment and continue to transform education for kids, um, you know, that's really what we try to do. And we've been sharing our story. We share our story on uh, social media, you know, through our Twitter. And we've, we've kind of punched up our Instagram a little bit, working on our Insta stories <laughs> and um, all those things. So trying to show um, the world uh, some of our, some of our journey. You know, it's really, you know, every school has that one teacher or hope, you know, hopefully more than that, but at least one teacher who really just goes the extra mile to make sure that, you know, learning is authentic. They're, you know, it's, it's personalized. Um, it's connected to the community, as you said. So students see that they have a voice and they can make an impact. Um, and, but it, you don't see this school-wide. So I guess that is what makes this so epic, right? Because students, because this is something that is the foundation of your entire school. It, you said elementary, but up to what grade level? It's kindergarten through fifth grade. So okay. we're, we're designed that as a, in a district, we have K-5 in our elementary, we have six, eight in our middle, and then nine, 12 in, in our high school. And, and one of the things that's come out of our work at Epic is that we do have a pilot, sort of a, a school within a school at the middle school. It's called mm-hmm. a design project. Okay. And we have that coming to our high schools too. We have a couple of the micro schools that are happening in both of our high schools that have sort of come out of our work at Epic. Again, we pioneered, uh, you know, however many years ago, um, you know, nobody knew what it would look like. Um, we just forged ahead and it's, it's been successful. And so all our different schools have sort of taken the pieces that work for them mm-hmm. Um you know, project base does kind of filter in through the rest of the schools. Um, we are now a K-12 Apple uh, district. We went, um, not everybody had iPads, but when, when the community saw what our kids are able to do with mobile technology with mm-hmm. the iPads, it's been transformative. Right, so. right. That was going to be my next question is, yes. you know, you, it's stopping at the elementary school, but obviously this is, these are skills that we expect students to take throughout their lives. Um, so I was hoping to see how, cause you, you started this seven years ago, didn't know where it would actually go, but you are seeing now that 
it yes. is spreading through the other schools, even if it is in smaller doses. But those kids are taking those skills into every class they go. Absolutely. Uh, and hopefully into the future. I mean, I did a uh, wetlands enhancement project with my students and we had to go to the board. Then we had to go to the town council. And I have students who actually went into um, helping their communities as adults. And it really just made me, my heart so happy to see that this was something that was meaningful to them. And they were able to take those skills that becomes intrinsic because this way they, you know, it becomes natural to them. And that's what we're hoping for when we do these things. So it's so exciting to see the school wide. So exciting. How many students are in the school? 300 seats. Um, so that is, you know, that has to do with our square footage. So, you know, it's not a, it's, it's no magic number. It just had to do with the building and we actually repurposed a building. It was our admin building that they repurposed. So, you know, we're trying to be fiscally responsible. The district has done a fabulous job and they've done that instead of building more buildings, they've sort of thought, how do we do things differently? Um, we, our district has moved to mo a lot of the teachers being project-based learning trains. Okay. So that has kind of taken form um, as well as we've got you know a lot of Apple learning so so they are knowing how to leverage those um, devices for creative work and for mm -hmm. connecting with community. I can share a little bit more about some of the things that we do at Epic and kind of our belief system with uh, design thinking being the mindset that blends with project-based learning um, as, as a construct. I'm happy to oh, share a little perfect. bit more specifics um, rather than just district-wide if, if that would be helpful. Right, so that was the next thing I wanted to talk about because Susan, when I came to your school, and I think I've been there three times, good enough. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, <laughs> when I came with teachers, you know, the conversation in the car on the way home is really where it happens, right? So teachers were saying, you know, we think about design thinking, we think of PBL, and then all of these tools with the iPad, and we don't understand how we can make all of that come together. But when we came to Epic, we saw it all in action. And that's what really helped us feel like we now can move forward in our own direction. So if you would give us an example of sure. action and what's that, what that is like, I think that's really helpful for listeners. Sure. When you think of education in sort of the timeless skill sets you want, like creative thinking, communication, being the ability to work with others, the ability to have a global mindset, you know, those, those kinds of, those kinds of thinking need to be framed within a learning experience that's real, that's going to make a true impact on community. And if we go back to our um, pillars of engage community, equip students and, in, and empower creativity, all of those work together um, for these project-based learning experiences and the fact that it really starts with empathy. It starts with the ability to look outside themselves as students and say, oh, I can create for this. I can solve this problem. I can make an impact if I put my gifts towards this. Um, we have a lot of fabulous examples through the grade levels. Um, I'll give you a couple that um, are some that have really that they're, they're kind of broad, kind of those United Nations sustainability goals that are continual challenges. Um, our third grade this past um, just 
actually the last two months of school, explored the global water crisis. And so what they did is they not only are learning about water, which is one of the standards, right, that we all as teachers want to do, you know, oh, learn the water cycle. They learned the power of water and clean water throughout the world and how it impacts communities. They partnered with a actually a local um, nonprofit that does work over in Sudan with water. And they um, did, they, it was really fabulous because they do a lot of gardening and they usually do a market day and they raise money funds. Well, this year we didn't really have the same um, vegetables and, and produce because of just different things. So they create, they painted um, all kinds of neat, like they made vases, they made baskets, fruit baskets, and had a massive market day all week and raised well over $500 for this organization. Um, Kobe for clean water is I believe what it was called. And they got to meet with the, you know, the people they were in connection with. We partnered with KCYA, which is Kansas City Youth Audiences and they did a drum performance. It was fabulous. So they on, on, it was just so neat to learn all about the culture and how music's made, um, where they were giving their water. I mean, it was just, I mean, their money for the water. It was fabulous. And the kids, I think more than anything realized where they are in life and what they have and what they can do to make someone's life sweeter and better. Um, our fifth graders every year in the fall, um, it kind of, it launches with the global cardboard cardboard project, which is really about design process. And they, um, they start by making a big arcade at our community night in October to sort of launch their exploration into the problem of hunger. And so they mm -hmm. look at hunger in the local community in our Clay County um, yeah. and really are sort of eyes opened to kids and families that are food insecure, might not know where their next um, meal is coming from. So they do a lot of work in researching and becoming experts in understanding statistics and things. And they have what is called, they host what's called an empty bowls event. And again, it's to raise awareness. It's also to raise money. They create art, they t create uh, digital poetry, they share stories. And they become, then that actually spills into the rest of the year with kindness to community. And they do all kinds of neat things. They come up with their own service project to actually serve their community just by themselves. So it kind of culminates with, hey, let's work together to create and solve problems. And now look what I can do to impact my own community with my ideas. So those are just a couple of examples that, um, and there's so many more. I mean, we have a lot and every year, every grade level, we call them studios because we want to cultivate creativity um, with our kids and to see themselves as artists and designers and storytellers and leaders. And we want them to think that way. So each, almost every studio, and a lot of this is based on the standards, believe it or not, our Missouri learning standards, mm -hmm. we look to see what they have to learn connect it with the real community and use design thinking to solve those problems. And then it becomes relevant. Oh, yes. So Susan, I'm going to be devil's advocate for a minute. Sure. Not my way of thinking, but I want to ask you, what about those basic skills? How are you ensuring yes. that they're getting them? Absolutely. You bring in a great, great point. Um, so 
Epic is, is project-based, but it's right. also one of our goals is to equip students. So we have a variety of different platforms and learning experiences where kids are actually learning those skills. If you look back to kindergarten and first grade and we are leveraging, you know, small group instruction, like kids need to learn to read and that's okay. Right. Not everything has to be in a huge project. And so, but kids see those skills as connecting to what matters in their world. And so sometimes it is learning your math facts. Sometimes it is learning, you know, certain skill sets, but then you're becoming a better writer because you want to be a better communicator because you want to make a difference in the world. So all of the basic skills are framed in such a way, not necessarily in a fancy project, but as students seeing themselves as I need to learn this because I want to be able to, you know, serve better or create better or do something different in my community. Um, so there's a lot of that personalized time is woven into a day where it's not just like creating. I mean, we have a lot of creativity, but kids are able to show their learning in different ways as well. And that's kind of where we go back to some of those universal design um, for learning principles that, you know, not everybody has to follow the same path. We're not all doing worksheets. We're not all doing one app on our iPad. We have our own learning journeys. And think of it kind of like a to-do list, you know, your task list, and you got to learn these things. Kids know where they're going, but they may go, mm, I'm going to do this first, or I need this. So I'm going to go advocate for myself because this is the way, this is what I need for learning. Um, so we try to train them from the very beginning. That's really our goal is that when they come in for kindergarten, they're beginning to see themselves as individuals, as unique design, unique ideas, and then they learn that they can get what they need to be successful. And I have one more question for you, sure. which is kind of technical. I hear a lot of people saying, why would a school have iPads? Sure. As opposed to... And I think I figured it out for Epic, but tell us why iPads. Oh, it's a great question. And I, I'm always, I, first of all, I think the iPad, iPad is, is, a, is it's magic. It has, it, it, it is, first of all, the um, apps alone are, allow kids to create real world, you know, th um, products. Right. Um, it, it's a very intuitive device. So therefore, the, and, and it's very user-friendly for the kids. Um, I think the camera is, is, is magic. I think Keynote is magic. I, you know, and, and I think because kids see it as a platform for their, their creativity, um, a platform for them to go beyond just consuming information, that it is much more of a creative platform in their minds. So they know that they can look something up, they can go create a message, they can create a video, they just have access. And because Apple is sophisticated in their software, all those apps talk to each other. And so the kids know, oh, you know, I'm going to take a picture, then I'm going to bring it into clips, then I'm going to go make something in Keynote, and I'm going to bring it into my video. Um, I, and AirDrop is, is fabulous. We love AirDrop. <laughs> I mean, the kids are AirDropping all the time. Here, use this picture for whatever. And I just find that I've not been able to replicate that learning experience for kids with any other device. 
Right. And it's very personalized because Absolutely. I have the apps that I need for my learning and you have the ones you need. Yes. Yes. Every path is unique to the child. And so once the children have those tools under their belt, then they know what they need. And then teachers are right there to help those kids that may struggle or need a little something or need a different way. Um, and again, I, I, we're always impressed with what our kids are able to do at such a young age. Like they blow me out of the water. I'm like, seriously, you're five and you just did that. You know, I'm like, ah. So it's all about the motivation. It's all about, you know, if you said it starts with empathy, but I think it also ends with empathy. And yeah. I think because of that, the students have a purpose. They have a purpose, they have a goal. And because of that purpose and goal, they know the route as you described to take the proper route in terms of what they need. So there's motivation to learn those math concepts in order for it to make sense to get to this goal. Um, they, 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 their writing becomes uh, better because they're doing it for an actual purpose. It's not just because the teacher said so. So when students are in charge of their own learning, uh, they're making those, those proper choices, all based on the, on the standards, as you said, we still, mm -hmm. we, those standards are there for us um, and guiding us and they're still meeting those. Um, but it's such a, an amazing thing. And just as you said, the Apple technologies are so personalized, which matches exactly what they're trying to do. So you have this, this perfect um, alignment that is just allowing them to make their own choices for their own learning paths in pursuit of a purposeful goal that is not for themselves, but for others. So it's so exciting. It really is. And um, it, like I said before, you always have, every school has those teachers who are trying to do it. And I use the word trying because it, there are so many obstacles. There are so many things that make it difficult for them. Um, but in this nurturing environment that you've created, um, it, it's, you know, the teachers just are able to be those true facilitators that they need to be. I love it. Absolutely. They are. Love so, Susan, when you were on Clubhouse, when I thought sure. I had met you for the first time, um, I was listening to you just talking about creating a design thinking course for yes. teachers and working with architects. I was really intrigued by that. Can you tell us a little bit about that course? Absolutely. And that is not connected to Epic. Um, just so you know, that's a little bit. I've had opportunities to work you know, like I said, with some schools that are in Rean Design, and this opportunity is with actually with Startland Education. Uh, Startland is a nonprofit that is really located in Kansas City. It's all about the ecosystem of Kansas City. So they have Startland News, which is, um, you know, a news, uh, the news piece of it. They've got Startland Education, which works with uh, mostly the Kansas City public schools and the mm -hmm. charter schools that are in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and so I stepped on to work with, so I'm going to step back for a second. They have been, they're very passionate about design thinking and have done a lot of work with high schools um, and created something called the Mecca Challenge where they invite people, the high schoolers come in and solve real world problems. Again, a lot of this is in the urban core to move, um, you know, kids forward and get them excited about um, engineering and, you know, science and all those things. So, um, 
they were approached by Burns and McDonald, which is an engineering firm local to design a design thinking course cohort for elementary teachers. And so I stepped on um, as kind of a consult um, because they had done so much work at high school. How do we translate this for Mm -hmm. um, elementary teachers and elementary kids? So it's been a neat journey because what they're doing is they, you had to, um, it's it's teachers in the Kansas City metro area. There's, um, I think there's about 20 of them that are part of the cohort. And it's an, it just, it actually just launched in June. Um, and they're basically going through the design thinking process and then will next year implement it into their classroom. So it's training them. They're working with um, the architects and the engineers from Burns and McDonald, their education comp- um, branch or whatever they're in part of their company. And I've been more behind the scenes. I'm creating some videos that actually are teaching videos for kids using animation um, mm-hmm. to teach kids what is design thinking. What are the, you know, what is frame and focus? What is empathy? What is ideation and those types of things. So um, yeah, so that's, it's, it's, it's been a wonderful experience because one, it's deepened my understanding of design thinking, but it's also helped me even see the broader need, um, not just in my epic world, but being able to see that power that design thinking can be for all kids and just actually just in gives me even more of an excitement of how can we get kids doing this more and more. And again, early age. And I love what you said, Jamie starts with empathy, but it kind of ends with empathy. Mm -hmm. And so when kids can process this. And so anyway, that's, that's, it's, it's just been a great little journey. I'm working with, um, there is one person part of Startland who's teaching the class and I'm helping her and I I've loved it. She's a younger educator. So I feel like I'm the mama going, you know, and so And so trying to stimulate some ideas and bring in some, some modern thinking to, you know, and some of that project-based learning piece. Um, What has been the response from your teachers so far? So far, it's been great. Um, And again, it just started about three weeks ago. They're going to take the month of July to do their empathy work. So it's kind of exciting. They're going to have to, you know, and and to be honest, teachers don't want to do that. Teachers don't want to dig deeper outside of their comfort zone. And so these teachers are being in a situation where they're trying to, they're, they're going to have to go out and ask questions and create a survey and interview people. And so the empathy work in and of itself, whether or not it fits into the project will be growth for these, for these younger teachers or for these teachers. It will change Um, them forever. Absolutely. And I often think that educators don't teach with empathy in mind. (laughs) Believe it or not, they're not really thinking about their kids. They're thinking about the stuff they need to cover or do or teach. And so when you engage with empathy work and begin to even create an empathy map of your kids, you know, of your students, it changes perspective. And it does. it, It does. And it actually can change the course of how you run your classroom. You know, the past couple of decades, as I mentioned before, that's why things tend to be a struggle for teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think in the past couple of decades, 
we are so data driven. We are so standards. Yes. And the standards are, are important. And like you said, they're still the foundation of everything you're doing, but they should not be up here and also and squash all of our efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy, as you said. I mean, it's really what drives whether it's what you're teaching and what the students should see or who you're teaching, the students. Mm-hmm. So um, it really, you are totally right. It really does make that difference when you just strip it all down and say, you know, and I always go back to this quote my dad said, when my, my dad taught for 37 years, he taught high school. And when pe- people would ask uh, what uh, he teaches, he said, I teach students. And I think that really is the basis of it. Like, who are these kids and how can we properly address them? So, um, and, you know, work with them as facilitators. So absolutely. Right. It reminds me of the quote, really, we don't care what you know. It's what you can do with what you know. Yes. And you are letting kids show you what they can do with what they know. And really that's where the difference is. Yes. One of the things we've noticed is the, when you allow kids to create, when you allow kids to have that voice and choice, that cultivates a confidence unparalleled Mm. to any other experience, Mm. learning experience there. They see what they can do. And so the earlier and that we have, we've, you know, when we allow kids to create early and they, that confidence stays a part of who they are all the way up because you get to high school and you're kind of feeling like you're jumping through hoops Mm -hmm. and, Oh, I got to do this and that. But if, if, if within you is that confidence and that creative mindset, you can still plow through whether or not that's, you know, wherever it may be. And then those kids take it with them. And that's our goal because you're going to hit, they're going to hit bumps where they have to do what their teacher says, or they're going to have a boss that says, here's what you have to do. So we, we don't want that, you know, they don't, they don't need to be renegades, but they need to be confident in their abilities and their um, strengths and gifts. Susan, your community has really set an example. You um, are pioneering a new way of teaching and learning with the Epic School, and it has rippled to the middle school and then now to the high school. And I'm hoping that this ripple effect will ripple throughout our country, maybe even the world, because this kind of learning is so important. And I appreciate that you share it with others and you allow other people to come to your school to see the vision and see how they could implement it. Yes. So we're going to start kind of wrapping up now. And we have a couple lightning round questions that we'd like (laughs) to ask, which might be a little bit off topic, but they could be on topic. We'll see what you have to say. So in our podcast this last year, of course, you know, we've talked a lot about the pandemic. So, you know, Epic had to go through the pandemic as well. Mm -hmm. So what's something that you know now that you wish you had known before the pandemic? You know, I saw that question and I thought to myself, I thought, you know, I don't know if I would want to know anything because to be honest, being a pioneer and figuring it out was tremendous. And again, applying design thinking principles, what do our kids need? What do we need to do? I think that builds the character. And so I'm not sure I would have wanted a roadmap and, um, or, or even something. I think, you know, that, you know, hindsight's always 2020, you look back, you reflect, you pull that with you. And I feel like more than anything, um, we, I, if I were to just push anything out, it's just leveraging the power of community and collaboration and creativity, because mm-hmm. that's really what helped us through it all. 
So I'm not sure I really answered that question, but I was looking I was like, ah. <laughs> Perfect. You're using, it, it was your design thinking that got you through the pandemic. Yes, yes. So, sure. and, and, it, and it made all of us more resilient, not knowing. So I yes. think that answer is perfect. <laughs> I think teachers have always wanted to know what's the plan and what are we supposed to do? Your answer was so um, epic. <laughs> It just reflected. I where know. You were. Well, I, yes, for I sure. really like that. I really like that. And you Thanks. probably have to hire teachers that are willing to move forward without yes. a step-by-step plan as well. Yes. Yeah. I think you, I think if teachers have sort of that entrepreneurial mindset, that kind yes. of like in it, that, that fosters innovation. I think that was, a, I mean, and I think it'd be great for all teachers to be that way, you know, like, I mean, think about, but at the same time, you know, we're all growing and everybody's in we different spots. So. We are. And I think we all grew even more. Yes, for sure. During the pandemic. So uh, the second question is, what are you learning or doing this summer sure. for work or pleasure that's helping you grow? Absolutely. So a couple of things. Um, I'm actually in process of becoming, if that's a word, uh, Apple learning coach. It was just something offered to our district and it does require a lot of outside hours and it's deepening my understanding of coaching. Um, and it's again, a free professional learning that Apple offered. So I'm working on that this summer. I have two books on my shelf. I have not started reading them quite yet, but they are, I think I might take them to the beach with me. Uh, reading Think Again by Adam Grant and Black Sheep by Brent Menswear. Both books were, rec- um, the Black Sheep, um, I've already kind of started to look at that and I'm so excited. It's a short, quick read, but it's about knowing your what and operating from your what, not just always your why, you know, like what are you designed for and, and moving there. And the last thing is I'm creating these videos for the design thinking course. And what I love about doing that, I love the visual storytelling. I think I shared that earlier, but it's driving my own creativity because I, we were, we have the script, we've already written the scripts and then I get to think and create the animations. And I am just using simple animations in keynote and in, I'm kind of using all my Apple stuff. So um, it's, 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 it's a good time. I have dabbled in using Apple's motion um, which is their uh, motion graphics. And I'm not great at it, but I've been playing a little bit with that too, to see if I can weave that into some of the videos. Susan, are you going to do any sleeping this summer? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yes, I promise. I, yeah, it's, it sounds a lot more big than it really is, but you know, I have, I have teenagers and they're busy working. So it's good to keep my brain going. And, um, and I did mention we're going to the beach. It will be a family vacation. So great. <laughs> That's great. Did you want to ask that last question? This is your area. Oh, I just wanted to say real fast, though. I know you're really busy with all of your um, books and everything else that you're doing, but we do recommend the Think NATO book because everything you're talking about, right, Jerry? All right, I'll make yes. it out. Yes, Think NATO. Um, John Bielenberg. Okay. I want to look up his um, TED Talk. I will most certainly will. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, it's right up your alley. And I think you can uh, definitely leverage that with your community there. Um, Thank you. So what is your favorite tech tool or website that has impacted you positively? 
That is great. Thank you so much for asking that question. I, I don't know if I have a favorite, but if I were to say one thing that I really love, and this is more of a recent love this past year, I've challenged myself a little bit more. I am absolutely in love with Apple's keynote um, and the animation and the creativity that goes. I've done things like challenge the kids and myself to use only shapes to, you know, show mm. how hu the human impact on environment can have negative effects. And all of a sudden I'm finding myself thinking and doing things that, you know, have, have really pushed my thinking. And, and then I, you know, I able to see with what I do with kids, but I would say Apple's keynote is my, is my current, current love that I'm enjoying. Um, I actually, I also like Final Cut Pro. I love editing story, but yeah. that's just because I love seeing the story that comes out at the end, not always in the troubleshooting during the uh, process. But thanks for keynote is, is one of my go-to tools and people always say, well, that's a presentation. Right. Tool. Oh, oh there's so it. much. I know. I know. So yeah, I'm with you. you. Share your tutorials about keynote that we could look at or are those just. Sure. No, I have some, I, I, last summer, um, during that we were still kind of, you know, pandemic shutdown. Right. I um, worked with a group of uh, Apple distinguished educators around the world to create iPad parent guides. And so we have, I made a bunch of videos on keynote. So um, I started a Vimeo channel. I'm not been really great at like building that. I need to probably put a lot more out there. I'm not the most organized human being. So <laughs> I'll have to uh, share you some of those, some of those little keynote tips and tricks. So Whoa, what is your channel if we'd like to follow it? Well, um, <laughs> it's really small. Um, oh. It's just my name. I'm pretty sure it's just my name, Susan okay. Maynard. I'm pretty easy. If I'm not Susan Maynard, I'm Schmainer, S-H-M-A-Y-N-O-R. That's my Twitter and Insta. But I will find, you probably, you've encouraged me. I need to upload more things because I've created things. I just don't put them up there, so... Well, you know, and I think when you're creative, it's hard to be super organized too. Yes. <laughs> it's like two different mindsets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know. Yes. I, yeah, I, um, I'm definitely that picture where, you know, the, per, uh, the two people in front of the file cabinet and the one file cabinet, everything's exploding out of it. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> I know I can relate. Yes. Oh. Susan, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. We have enjoyed, and you're making me want to be more creative. As well. So I thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. I really, I'm so happy you reached out to me and I, I just thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And Jamie, it was lovely to, to meet you here as well. I, um, and if you're ever in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, come to Epic oh, and love to connect out. with you. So exciting. So exciting. I love everything about it. And yeah. we're going to spread the word. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to stay linked up, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube.